Hello, and welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the question I want to ask, how do they balance making art with being a real person? How does photography fit into their family, their job, struggles, and everyday life? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Josh Paris. His Instagram handle is fastwideslow. Josh and I have been out on some pretty gnarly adventures together, including a 72-hour trip around eastern Washington and Mount Rainier National Park in July of this year. He's a real chaser of light, and I love his perspective on things. Josh, thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Oh, dude, man, I'm stoked to be here. I'm really excited that uh, you're doing this. I'm just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm honored. Thanks. Cool. Gl- glad, glad you could be on here. I actually had... I was really close to bringing my whole audio interface and everything with me when when I came out and we spent a few days together last week because I thought, oh, hey, oh, cool. Yeah. We'll be together. We'll record this. And then sanity crept in, I think, at the last minute. And I just said, you know, we're not going to want to sit down and record, <laughs> record anything. Yeah. You know, after that, after that 72 hours, I'm really grateful you didn't bring it because I don't know <laughs> when we would have squeezed it in. <laughs> Maybe a future in a future one, we'll have to record it. I'll bring a little portable recorder and we'll record while we're driving. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, because I mean, we had we had lots of drive time and lots of conversations. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be great. You know, but it's it was also there are significant portions where we neither one of us said anything. Where we were just looking out the windows and and just watching the landscape go by. Yeah, but that's pretty much me all the time. <laughs> you know, silent, in a distant distant gaze, looking at the landscape. So <laughs> That works for me. That works for me. Well, uh, I've already said it, I think, a few times on Instagram and to everybody else, but thank you so much for taking me to Mount Rainier National Park and some of your local haunts around Yakima and, and some of the places that you've, that you hunted down out in the, uh, in the Palouse area. It was truly an experience. And, uh, I've got a lot of those on my list of, I, I got to go back to a lot of those places. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, it, it, it was, it was a pleasure to not only share what I found with you, but also it's always fun to do it with a good friend. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. So for those who don't know who you are, I would love to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Um, just the basic stuff, where you're from, uh, what you do, um, any of your, your online handles or websites, that sort of thing. Let us know where, where you're doing, what you're doing, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a a aspiring photographer, but, uh, you know, I've got a day job and, um, that kind of takes me around or did up until recently anyway, takes me around the Pacific Northwest to various different places. And so those two kind of mix and mingle and uh, tends to work out really well. Um, I'm from kind of the Portland area um, for a large portion of my life, but uh, currently in Yakima, Washington. And uh, yeah, probably the easiest place to see my work or stuff I do is on Instagram at fast wide slow. Nice. That's a, that's like one of the best handles I've ever seen. Thank you. That was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty nice. It came, it came at a, at a moment of inspiration. 
And I was like, hey, I'll use that. I have no <laughs> idea why, but I'll use that. No, I love it. I love it. I've th thought a few times, hey, I should come up with something more creative than Dan Hawk photography, but I haven't yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the challenge with that is that once you brand yourself in that direction, you're no longer like Josh Paris, right? And you're not necessarily findable on that side of it, if that matters to you. And to me, it doesn't really matter. So I'm okay with it. Hey, that works out then. Yeah. Cool. So you, I know you've been working in and around Yakima for a while, and then you moved out there uh, this last summer, I believe, because uh, you, you were living here in Portland before that. Right. Yeah. It's just coming up on a year. And uh, oh, I regret every moment of it. <laughs> well, you know, you're you're not very far away from Mount Rainier, so there's that. There are benefits to it. Um, I I tend to look at sometimes I look at the glass half empty, uh, and when you live in the in the in the desert, and there's, you know, I've lived in a couple different places on the uh, in eastern Washington, and and unfortunately. Uh, Yakima it just doesn't have the amenities that, you know, a city boy like me or a country boy like me is, is quite <laughs> used to. So um, I'm just, I would be absolutely tickled with like a whole food store, you know, I mean, really <laughs> that's my, that's, that's where everything changes for me. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, everybody has their, uh, has their pressure point, right? Yeah. That's the sword I die on right there. <laughs> so, um, you have t tell me about the tell me about your photography when did you get started shooting has it always been what you're doing now um and 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 what what got you into uh taking pictures in the first place yeah so um in another lifetime i was actually um i had a couple businesses uh, in the action sports. And that was actually, and this was kind of, I mean, this is a long time ago. Uh, but that was before the internet really kind of worked well. And, uh, you know, in the, in the action sports industry, at that time, all the publications, the magazines and that sort of stuff were all based in Southern California, of course. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I kind of figured out that, hey, if I'm going to get my company any sort of publicity, I need to be like, I need to hustle. Mm -hmm. And so what I ended up doing is, uh, and this is right about the time digital started taking off and everything like that, went out, picked up a camera, got my buddies together, went out, did some shoots, uh, wrote an article threw a bunch of swag and parts on it. And then <clears throat> I sent that information to the editors down at the magazines and boom, it was published. And I was like, oh, okay, now I've got a formula. Being in the Pacific Northwest and removed from California, this kind of works. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my first step into actual photography. And nice. that's kind of when things kind of start taking off uh, for me. And I did that for a couple of years um, eventually I put the camera down though and took a break and I kind of came back to it uh, about four years ago yeah. um, and more focused on landscapes and that's kind of where I'm at now. Nice. So uh, <clears throat> the companies that you had, uh, you mentioned mountain bikes, but I, yeah. tell me more about, more about that, that world. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, it very, very kind of similar to photography in the sets, in the sense that it's a, it's a very hobby enthusiast kind of sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was uh, mountain bike. I made mountain bike components and motorcycle components, off-road motorcycle components. Um, and it was a, th- I mean, I, I really, I, that was what I was into. That's what I looked at. That's what I designed. That's what we made. That's what we sold. Um, and, uh, really enjoyed that for 10, 12 years that, that we did it. Um, and it was just a, a really fun ride. I kind of miss it now being the own boss and, you know, running around the country, but, um, yeah, that was a fun time. Nice. One, it's, I, I like that you use the word components because I'm an old mountain biker myself. And yeah. it's funny because as soon as you say components, I go, um, that's, that's just a keyword for me because I think everybody else just thinks part trigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like components, componentry, grupo, right? Grupo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Italian word for group, I think, is what that Anod- is. Anodized and laser etched, man. That's where yep. it was at. I had so many aluminum parts in these crazy god-awful purple and blue and hot pink colors uh it was just like candy for your bike yeah no i mean it was uh gosh um yeah brings back some kind of mullet days right (laughs) yeah mullets hanging out the back of uh foam helmets right exactly going to find the nearest hill to bomb down and you know break those crazy parts well, you remember all those, I don't know if you, if this is your era, but there was a time where all the helmets were just helm, were just uh, foam. They didn't have any shell on them mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they just had like a Lycra cover that would slip over the top and the, the Lycra cover would be, have fancy designs and things on it. But then, uh, but then you'd be just wearing this piece of foam on your head and it was cause it was, Hey, it's, this is really lightweight. And it's interesting how now people are wearing full on, like what look like motorcycle helmets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is, it's actually good kind of where the sport is right now where safety is a consideration instead of a, uh, an afterthought, you know, because in between that afterthought and the actual event, uh, can get real ugly. Yeah. Um, but you know, back in that day, uh, the term weight weenie was, 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 was a significant factor. (laughs) Um, it's just funny. I mean, you know, people would file down shave parts just to save a couple of grams you oh, know, yeah. on a bike. And it's just insane. I remember when it got, there were a couple of companies that were making the first titanium frames mm-hmm. and, and they were getting really excited because they finally got a mountain bike down to sub 20 pounds. Right. <laughs> and, which is kind of ridiculous now because nobody's even trying to do that anymore. It's just not a you don't need to do that anymore because yeah, no, they're, they're putting electric motors in bikes exactly. instead. You know, it's like now it's 50 pounds and it, it carries you up the mountain. So right. sweet. <laughs> who needs the weight weenie stuff? Well, I don't mean to be that old guy crit- critiquing it. Like back in my day, we had to <laughs> climb up the hill on our own power. Now it's, uh, it's not quite that bad, but, uh, yeah, it's a, t- it was a really interesting time. Every, everything was crazy lightweight and they were taking, road bike parts and shaving them down and, you know, bolting them together to try to come up with these lighter pieces. So it's kind of wild. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the, how you, how do you make a, how do you make the first mountain bike? You take road bike and cruiser parts and you put them together and see what you come up with. 
Exactly. And that's what the guys that, but Mount Tam did. And hence yeah. the whole, the whole thing was born. So, uh, yeah, just a fun, fun period of time, specifically seeing it grow and being a part of that. And then, uh, you know, kind of seeing what the sport is now. Right. Well, and you, so you, you were taking photos, I'm guessing just kind of action, uh, lifestyle of, of you guys out riding and uh, close-ups of parts and all that different stuff. And then sending those in as, as you were submitting those as basically articles like editorials. Exactly. Yeah. I, I got to get, I got the fortunate ability to get to know a few of the editors. So, um, at like, kind of like at the events and the races and that yeah. sort of stuff. And, um, so I just kind of ran the idea by them and they were like, yeah, do it, man. And I'm like, all right. Free so, content. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I'd get my buddies together. We'd go out and, you know, rip up a hill or something like that and take a few shots and then do a couple of stills and then put together some words that kind of uh, made sense around that event and shoot it down there. And, you know, uh, 60 days later it was in print, you know, and they yeah. say, you know, there's nothing like free press. Right. Right. So you, 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 you took some time away from it. And I know you mentioned this when we, when we talked in person that a lot of that is because all these companies and everybody started producing their own content as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of it. Um, what, so you took some time off and then you said it's been about four years ago. What's the thing that brought you back to photography and, and why this different, why landscape instead of going back to, you know, something like that? Um, that's a good question. I mean, never mind the fact that, you know, you don't have a mountain bike part, you know, my mountain bike components <laughs> company anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Outside of that. No, um, you know, part of it is what I do now is just, I was seeing so much of the country and, um, I guess it was my own desire to kind of like see how I could frame what I saw and, and convert that from the image in my head to an image on screen. Um, and then, so I was just kind of inspired by it naturally. And, you know, um, so I just was, I just started getting back into it and I'm like, yeah, that was really cool. I really enjoyed photography. I wonder if I can pick it up and kind of put the pieces together and see if I can, you know, do something with it. Nothing. I never had a real goal to do anything with it. Um, other than just for my own interest and my own passion. Yeah. Was it literally just grab the camera you already had and just start taking pictures? No, it was, uh, I had to, you know, uh, you know, I'm a tech guy, so I had previously sold the other bodies that I had. Uh, I think what did I, uh, the, the previous last camera I had was like a D 700. And I actually think that's what, that's what I bought again, actually it was another <laughs> nice. D 700. Nice. Um, and like one or two lenses. Um, and I kind of jumped back into it and I was like, yeah, this is as cool as I remember it. And I was like, you know, they, I didn't miss much in this period of time, either. Right. you know, of course I did, but you know, it didn't look like, it. well, I mean, it was Nikon. So the glass is all basically the same. Yeah. And yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I, uh, the, I think the 800 was the newest camera out at that point. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, so the, the last person I had on the podcast are, is our mutual friend, Desi. And, uh, yeah. 
it was interesting because he had a very similar story where he's he he works in the swimmer swimmer industry. He he has a a bikini shop, and he got into photography so they could take pictures of the product back in the early days before the you know the they would get new product and then the the company wouldn't have sent them images of it, so they had to make their own. And and then literally he took a break and then he came back and he picked up the old camera off the shelf and it happened to be an older, I think it was like a D fifty three hundred or something like that, like one of the that's awesome, one of the old Nikon uh, crop sensor bodies. Nice, Desi's a kick, man. I love yeah, him. yeah, he is. Um, well, that's kind of that's kind of cool, and I, it's funny that you you mentioned that you're a gear guy right off the bat. There, you, you, it didn't take you long to mention that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a habit of uh, wanting to try everything out. Yeah. Well, and I think it's been interesting to me to, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mention something you like, Oh yeah, I tried that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I came out and popped, you know, arrived at your, at your uh, place this, you know, a couple of weeks ago here, week and a half ago, I showed up and you've got a, just a whole uh, arsenal of tripods all lined up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, no, you're definitely trying out tripods here. And, and, and to that point, I have, I'm back down to one tripod. I'm waiting on one in the mail, but well, yeah, so am you I. Know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like to uh, uh, vet kind of what the hype is and kind of see what works and what doesn't for me. And, and oftentimes that just is is buying it trying it selling it or trading it or doing something with it so yeah well it's and and you know kind of oddly enough you and i are waiting on the exact same tripod so when i came out there that this is one of the the benefits of having a friend who buys the thing to try out is that when i arrived there you had this beautiful um i mean really really uh sexy is the right word for it i think this carbon fiber tripod yeah that made by flm yeah. And I put my hands on it. I was like, oh man, this is, this is fantastic. And it just so happened that the day before that night before my tripod broke. And so we got to your, <laughs> you got to your place and I was like, Hey, can I use that? This new, <laughs> can I Yours use this tripod? Literally self-destructed. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. Well, and so what's funny is I came home and, um, I emailed them and basically they tried to sell me a new, a new center column. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you know, I bet I can fix this myself. So I took it apart and figured out the column is identical on both ends. So I just flipped it over. Brilliant. That's just <laughs> brilliant. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, just, I'm still going to get some epoxy and fix it, but um, you don't want the part that your um, ball head screws into just coming right off of the uh, tripod. So not generally. Yeah. That's yeah. the bad part. Yeah. So I'm going to keep it, but it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I think it weighs seven pounds, something like that. Yeah. It's not going anywhere in a windstorm. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably hang on to it for uh commercial jobs. Um, it's, it'll be pretty nice. Uh, and then I'll have, I'll have this new beautiful lightweight, uh, landscape tripod with these crazy claw feet instead of, uh, the rubber feet. And we'll have a, we'll have a dichotomy. We'll have the, a clean, a clean break. The one Love that it. I can take into into client houses and businesses, and the one that can just get filthy, dirty, and 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 that's the that's the distinguishing part of the claw feet. Well, you can't take the claw feet into the apartment, right? But yeah. you can take it outside, and that's where it's supposed to be. Exactly, exactly. So I thank you for buying the things to try out because I got to try it out without buying it myself. 
you're welcome and you know you're welcome to return the favor um like <laughs> an a7s um would be great i'd love to try that try yours out before <laughs> i do any but we'll see if i can come up with some valid business uh reason to buy one okay that seem, seems far-fetched but you know can't say i won't try Nice. So, so um, I usually don't get into gear talk too early, but um, tell me what you're what you're working with. What are you shooting uh, these days? And where have you? You mentioned Nikon having an older Nikon set, set up. When we first met, you were shooting uh, the Nikon D850, I believe. And I'd love to know a little bit of what you're using now. Of course, we were together, so I already know what you use. But share it with the listeners. Yeah, uh, I'm shooting Sony uh, A7R3 and a nice little kit, uh, uh, 1635, 24105, and 100, 400, and then uh, little prime 20 mil. I like that lens. I love that lens. It's interesting that you and I don't have any overlap except for that one lens in our kits. Well, you're you're kind of a you're a prime guy. So I, I do use a lot of primes. Yeah. I get that. I, and especially for the kind of work you do. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, but it's, it, what's interesting it was, so it's great, always great going out to shoot with people who are using the same system. So mm-hmm. I have, uh, one of the photos I just shared, I've already shared this week. Um, I, it was a nighttime shot and I used your 60 to 35 because the 20 was the widest I had with me. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. The, the waterfall shot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, so that the, was uh, cool. the, the blue hour, uh, shot is taken with a 16 to 35 and then the sky was taken with the 20. Um, and then we found when we went through one of the places local to Yakima and we found a, an Eagle in a nest. And then oh, I, right. yeah, I grabbed yeah. a few shots with your 100 to 400. So yeah, 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 pretty cool. Because I don't, I don't actually own the long, the wider, the wider zoom, and my longest lens is a 70 to 200. Yeah, no, that's great. And and you know, you were you were uh, gracious enough to show me a few Sony tricks, and uh, specifically with that 100 400. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, I love that the the DMF. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that is just the coolest ever. I wish I knew that long ago, but uh, it's going to get a lot of use now. Yeah, well, and for those who don't know, uh, Sony cameras, and I, I want to say this goes back all the way to the beginning of the next series, which is the E-mount uh, cameras. They've always had, at least every Sony camera I've ever owned, has a mode. So, you know, you have, you have your AF, you have your MF, you have... Um, oftentimes a bunch of different small variations on autofocus, manual focus. Sony has a mode that's called DMF and it stands for direct manual focus. And the way it works is that when you hold down whatever button, you know, if you have it on the shutter button or if you have it on the back focus, you hold down a button to focus. And then once the, once you've got a confirmation that it's focused, so you've got the little, the little in Sony, you have a little green light up box. As soon as you get that confirmation, if you turn the focus ring on the lens, it zooms in and it allows you to get a really precise uh, focus, which is 
Yeah, the magnification uh, as well as the, you know, uh, manual focus. I mean, it's just deadly. Yeah. You know, just absolutely deadly. And for whatever reason, my camera body doesn't operate that normally, but I put it on a hotkey and I just hit that every time I want to use it. And it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. And I, I think I first started really... And this is the way manual focus works on all the Sony cameras is it, as soon as you turn the focus ring, it zooms in and it's, just, it, I think it's just called like magnification assist or focus right. assist, something like that. But it's really useful if you use an older manual lenses as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, so I've always had a button up until really recently, I've always had a button that's assigned that just zooms in. Um, and then all of the G master, and the higher end lenses and most of the G lenses also have a focus button on the lens. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. But yeah, no, I, I would, super cool. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I, you know, as soon as people start shooting Sony, I go, Hey man, let me show you this DMF mode. This is pretty cool. You're going to like this. Well, I mean, dude, I was, I mean, it's full moon tonight, last night. And, yeah. uh, you know, I bored out of my mind sitting on my back porch, pull out the 100, 400 and just see, what the slowest shutter speed I can shoot it at, uh, you know, and it's just great. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm a goofball. Yeah, no, that's great. So you have shot, I mean, you've done all kinds of stuff. I've in the time we've known each other, I've, I've seen you posting photos of, you know, crazy landscape stuff. You've been off. I've been jealous when you've been off in death Valley. Um, Mm -hmm. you have done a lot of, uh, touring around the, you know, kind of Eastern central Washington and Oregon area. I don't know. Actually, I don't know about Oregon so much, but lots of, lots of central and Eastern Washington. And I think you've also, um, done a little bit of wildlife if I remember right. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. uh, over in Yellowstone and then occasionally around here, but there's just not that as much available here. So so tell me landscapes, you, you know, you mentioned you're being out traveling and traveling for work and then, and having that be a thing where you're seeing these beautiful locations. What, what is the thing that drives that? What, what about the landscape? What about nature? What's that? What's exciting about that for you? Or what is the thing that makes you keep doing, coming back and doing it more? You know, I mean, it's a good question. <clears throat> I tend to, I tend to just, I tend to like to just go out for a drive and just kind of follow the light or see what I get drawn into. Um, just kind of knowing the terrain around here and different spots. Um, I, I'm really, for me, really, it's, it's just about putting together, you know, that emotional or passionate connection to the landscape itself. Um, Rarely am I ever going out for a targeted particular place necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I mean, occasionally like uh, when, when I get together with people or something, but if I'm out on my, by myself, I'm actually looking for, you know, more of a minimalistic or isolated or how do I, how can I make that subject of interest or how do I make that how I see it in my head? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's just kind of what, that's the creative part that 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 really kind of gets my ju- juices flowing in terms mm-hmm. of landscapes. 
So would it be fair to say that you, you kind of just go roam, you kind of just pick a direction and kind of head off that, that way? Yeah. I mean, to me, every, every time I go out with the camera, I'm simply out just scouting. And if I find something cool, great, you know, uh, but yeah, I'm a roamer. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> picked that up on that. Cause it, it seems like when we were out, you're like, well, I've been here. Oh, like 10 times. And, <laughs> and I started realizing I was looking back through your, you know, your Instagram feed. And it was really interesting because there's a lot of stuff in there that I had, I had liked and commented on, but having gone to some of these places and been around these areas with you, all of a sudden I go, Oh, I totally recognize this. Yeah. Now, right. <laughs> I'm like, no kidding. You've been there a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I started, started to realize, Oh man, these are, um, these are haunts. These are places that you're spending a lot of time. And then I kind of started realizing these, this is nowhere near home for you. So some of these, uh, you have spent an awful lot of time in the, in places that are hundreds of miles from home for you. Yeah. I, uh, I, I tend to do that. It seems like, uh, it takes me two or three hours in the car to kind of, uh, uh, f- uh, find my rhythm apparently, you know, but I don't know, you know, the last year or so specifically has been, um, it, well, you know, like living in Portland, you, you kind of get used to what's available to you within a couple hours. Right. Yeah. And so when I moved up here, I kind of did the same thing and I East, Northwest, um, and South and just kind of started exploring and kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's up here that I don't know about or what's of interest that I haven't seen. And there's still a million places, but I have spent an inordinate amount of time in the Palouse area um, simply because it's so weather dependent, number one, and I've missed it and got skunked so many times. Okay. So tell me about that. Why is that the case there? Cause I, you know, you and I drove around out there, but I, I would love to hear you explain that area what is what's what's fascinating about it and what keeps you coming back when you keep getting skunked yeah so well the terrain itself is just so unique in that it is just uh you know it was it's literally sand instead of uh sediment that kind of settled from the missoula floods way back when Mm -hmm. um but with that, it's all about how the light falls on that particular area. Um, there's not a lot of trees. There's not a lot of anything to kind of hold anything back. Um, but blue skies aren't really the best opportunity to do that. And there's a lot of wind through there. So blue skies are are, are prevalent, mm-hmm. um, as well are fully cloudy skies, which has its own thing, but still, you know... <clears throat> When you hit it right, you know it because the light just dapples in and the clouds create their own shadows and everything just becomes magic at that point. And then it really doesn't matter where you're at. It's, it's a shot. Right. Right. Well, for those who don't know, uh, the Palouse is, you've probably seen photos of it, if, even if you don't know, but it has, there are these just rounded hills and they tend to be covered in crops. So most of the time, um, imagine you took a, a, a field, you know, and you just like put your fingers underneath a sheet and pushed up and you just had a bunch of little dimply hills everywhere. 
and then you have wheat and you know crops like that planted just for miles and miles and miles in all directions and and then the light comes in and it and it plays with all of these hills and the way that and the texture yeah i believe i know it's the largest wheat producing area in washington maybe Mm -hmm. the northwest and maybe on the west coast i don't know for sure but um there's a lot of wheat out there yeah 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 well and and i think it's interesting too is when you get up close to all of it that half the time like we had one field we pulled up to like what the hell's growing in this field because it looked like wheat but the heads were really wide and really short. That was the weirdest ever. It was like popcorn (laughs) wheat or something. It it literally looked like there was popcorn, popcorn kernels, popcorners at the end of it. So yeah. Well, I have an, I have an app that, you know, supposed to help you figure out what plants are and even it was stumped. So I figure (laughs) if, if, if the, if there's an app that does that, that can't do that, then yeah. Who am I to try to go any further? Yeah, but exactly. But it's a, it's a it's a really fascinating area, and I felt like I came home with some really interesting photos, and yet I've seen so many more, and it just makes me go, oh, I have to go back there because it does seem like it's so dependent on light. Yeah, yeah, I think 100%. so. I think that's something that has, <clears throat> as I'm thinking about your portfolio, your the the body of work that you know that you've shared, that's one thing that really that's really distinctive. So I feel like you, you, you almost don't even shoot unless it's, unless there's really interesting dramatic light. Mm. And I don't yeah, know if you, if you think that if, that, if am I, am I far from the mark there? Do you have opinions about that? Is, is, uh, is that kind of how you do things? It, not, I mean, not intentionally. It is just kind of how the images come out, you know, mm-hmm. and those are the ones I end up posting that I like. Um, um, God knows I've shot a whole bunch that didn't have that light, but, um, yeah, I think that's just kind of how it, how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> well, and I certainly, um, <clears throat> I have watched you, you know, kind of basically put the camera down when the light goes bad. <laughs> so oh, I've yeah, seen you, I've yeah. seen you do that a few times. And so, um, and, and when we were shooting with other people too, you're the first person to. Like you're watching. I I've always noticed you're watching the light and then the light falls off and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> there's, there's a look on your face and it just, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, you're dead right on that. And I am the worst about doing that. And to my own detriment, I can't tell you how many sunsets and sunrises I've missed because I've just like given up the ghost. Like it's not happening later. I'm out of there. <laughs> and, you know, halfway home, I'm like, oh, God damn it. You know, yeah. I, if that's happened once, it's happened a hundred times. Yeah. So <clears throat> anecdotal story, you and I were at a, <laughs> <laughs> we were at a iconic location in the yeah. Palouse. And yeah. we were, you know, we, I think we probably st- stood up there for half an hour thinking about, should we leave? Should we stay? Should we leave? Should we stay? I think it was an hour. It might have been an hour, and we ended up leaving because the light was yeah. not great. It was a really high, just kind of socked in thick clouds, not a lot of texture. It just it almost seemed like a fog bank at thirty thousand feet. And 
we went and we sh- and I, we we took some amazing photos and saw some really beautiful light at a couple places, and then the whole sky opened up, and got textured, and we got all this beautiful light, and then you and I were eating dinner in a diner, <laughs> and the sky lit up. It just was just yeah. hot pink fire. It was kind of wild. I do remember us both crying into our burgers at that point. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, we were playing chicken with the weather there for sure. And, uh, um, I think that one, the weather got us. Um, but, uh, you know, no regrets because where we ended up and where we went and got some stuff was pretty unique as well. So, um, I mean, and that's the game, right? You know, it's like, it could have easily gone the other way and, those are just the judgment calls and when you've got like the palouse area there's what three four hundred surface miles to cover within that area i mean there's more than one way to to uh um you know slice that one so yeah for sure so um yeah i totally agree (laughs) totally agree Uh, and that's that's an interesting thing so you do you prefer going out and shooting by yourself or do you prefer shooting in, in, in groups or with other people? No, no pressure here since we just hung out, you know, for, for yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I really love the camaraderie of shooting with other people, especially people I know, you know, that, 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 uh, we have similar shooting styles or similar, uh, interests or that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> But I, I do tend to find that the, my, the most favorite images that I get are usually when I'm shooting myself. Mm. And I think that's be just simply because my own thoughts are isolated to me. I'm strictly focused on what's in front of me. I'm not thinking about anything else. Um, I mean, that's not exclusively true, but it's more true than it isn't. Um, sure. So that said, I, I, I enjoy it both shooting with people. And to be fair, I tend to shoot a lot of um, shots in which I actually like having people around me when it's dark. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just, just precautionary. Right. Yeah. Well, and and when you're shooting at night, there's an awful lot of standing around. So it's kind of, yeah. Not just, not just because not, not even just the precaution part, but just you click a button and you wait. Yeah. click a button and you wait and it's kind of nice to have somebody there to talk to <laughs> absolutely absolutely landscape you know there's a lot of waiting in landscape that's yeah. for sure yeah no i totally i totally agree with you there well so what you and i have we've actually gone out on a few of these trips and uh i think i'm gonna say it's only been about two and a half years maybe two years that you and i have known each other um, yeah we we connected you know, kind of this, the kind of the group that we have, we kind of formed this little group and I don't even know exactly how that happened, except we were all shooting for a PDX squared, uh, right, a, a right. photo, a photo event in Portland. And we all went out together. And I think that was the first time that you and I spent any time together. And then, yeah. Uh, in man, PDX squared, what an event that, that, uh, that flipped me on my head the first time I, I, I did it, you know, and, but what a cool, cool thing, 24 hours to go out and shoot 
either into some categories or just some random shots around Portland and edit, submit, get judged the whole bit. I mean, yeah, what a gas. Yeah, we were this year was shaping up to be amazing, but we had to we had yeah. to had to postpone uh probably until next year and hopefully we'll be able to do it again then. I hope so cuz I'll be uh I'll be signing up again for sure. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so we we all went out shooting together. You and our friend uh, Minhas and um, my friend Cody. Uh, Cody has become uh, we we kind of the four of us. We've gone out on multiple trips together, and uh, Cody, you know, lives here in Portland as well. And uh, Min does not live in Portland anymore, but uh, we, I think we kind of we kind of built. Man. Yeah, come back, man. We kind of created a type of trip over, a, over a couple of years. And we, we, we did multiple uh, of these trips out where it's just like, we're not going to sleep a whole lot. There's a whole lot of yes. um, acting like well, teenagers. So it all, so it all started with a trip to the beach, right? Right. We all <clears throat> somehow miraculously got our schedules to work together. Um, I remember us trying to coordinate that for a while and then finally it happened. And then it was like, all right, let's go. And it was what it was, August, August, uh, uh, July, July, July. Oh, was it July? Uh, July, Cape Kalanda. And we go out and pull the 18, 22 hour shoot. And kind of, that's where everything kind of gelled from there. What, what a gas that was. Yeah. Yeah, I I still have like images and images and images from that from that. Uh, it's just outstanding. Well, I feel like that's um, this is kind of what happened to me last week. I have I came home with hundreds and hundreds of images, and I feel like I don't want to share them all too quickly because then everybody goes, just stop. I don't want to see more right. pictures of the Palouse, or I don't I don't need to see more pictures of the Comet or Mount Rainier or right, right. <laughs> that stuff. But that trip was one of those as well, where uh, we we shot, we were there for sunset at Cape Kiwanda. Then we went and we had dinner at uh, Pelican Brewing. Yeah. Then we went back out and then we were shooting Milky Way till like two, three in the morning. Yeah. Then we got back in the car and we drove Oceanside. to another, we drove down to Oceanside or up to Oceanside. And then we shot all, we shot sunrise there and just basically, you know, just ushered in the day this with and, this blue hour that was kind of insane but it was like 24 hours of perfect conditions for every single phase of that and that was just outstanding yeah yeah what was interesting is that then this last year we did another trip mm. and it was really interesting because the conditions just did not cooperate mm -hmm. the same way and yet we still got you know one really beautiful night for milky way but i think that was the only night that was clear the entire time yeah. we were out yeah. So we, 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 we had planned to be out shooting Milky Way and doing all this different stuff. And it just, it was like, okay, well, that was the one night. The rest of yeah. them were, were all foggy and cloudy. So, yeah. But I mean, again, you know, I mean, both of those trips that we've done uh, with Cody and Min, that what they were just timeless in terms of um, just the time and the days and the laughs and the food and the craziness that we did. I mean, it was, I love those. Those were, those were fantastic. Yeah. Well, and this was the one we just did was kind of like a mini, uh, yes. kind of like a mini version of those. 
Exactly. Um, uh, I I am pretty pretty excited about the catalog of stuff that I that I the photos I took, and there's a lot that I haven't even I haven't even started to touch yet. So. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and I'm and I I keep uh I love seeing it when you keep posting stuff. You there's a beautiful one you posted uh tailgating. <laughs> and <laughs> shot of you and I eating breakfast in the parking lot at uh the visitor center at Mount Rainier at sunrise. Yeah, that was uh that was a that was a crazy night and a really good morning. Yeah. That that the, the oatmeal will forever be in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, thanks for being part of those trips. That's, um, I asked you because I would, because those have been such, such profound parts of my landscape photography experience. I was curious how you felt about it. Um, I know people have opinions about whether they shoot their best work alone or in groups. Um, and that's why I was kind of curious. Um, cause I know I, I love to go shoot by myself too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's, there's some level of, I don't have to, it's, it's not just that there's nobody else there. It's that I don't have to think about what anybody else wants to do. So I can, right. I can literally just sit in a spot for an hour and a half, two hours if I want to, and nobody's going to say anything, but also it's so interesting to be with shooting with other people because they will push and and see other things that you didn't see or suggest going places or, you know, or composing things in a way that I just would never think about. I wouldn't, it would never come to my mind. There's just been so many, it's interesting, you know, because shooting with different people tends to tend to be, tend to get different results. I mean, just because of, you know, that, interaction that you have with that person or, or don't have. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's just always a kind of a, um, yeah, I don't know what to call it necessarily. I really enjoy it at times. Um, but again, you know, um, when I'm by myself, I tend to see things a little bit differently and, um, that's good too. So it's all good. Definitely. So your photography has a, like I said, I I think you have a, you have a unique look. You are, you're focused on light, really, you know, dramatic light. That seems to be kind of a hallmark of what you do. Where do you want to take it? What is, what are the things that you are pushing towards? Where, where do you aspire to uh, explore new things? You know, the biggest exploration that's kind of been cumulative over, over time is, is in Mm post-processing that that's really where um, I see kind of taking any particular image and really turning it into um, art Mm -hmm. from that side of it. And I don't mean like, you know, massive amounts of Photoshop, but what, what I mean is, is more like, uh, sculpting that image or the painterly side of that and taking, um, being able to, um, create, um, maybe something greater than what I took, um, or the image to match the experience I had. Um, you know, for me, it's always about emotion and, you know, I can't paint, so I take shots. Right. And sure. And, so I guess I'm trying to bring back, get back to some of that, 
paint side of it a little bit more. Um, but you know, for me, I'm, I'm like, I really want the, the, the viewer to have that experience or at least taste a little bit of that experience where I was at and see, see what I'm trying to show. And I, I still feel like I'm a long way from getting there, but I am, you know, the journey's 99% of it. I think that's a healthy uh, perspective on it though. Yeah. Yeah. I think the moment when you start to think you've arrived, um, (laughs) that's, uh, it's a good indication that maybe your perspective is wrong. Yeah. And and with photography, I don't know that you ever arrive. Right. I mean, it, what an amazing, uh, uh, format in which, you know, there's always something to learn. Right. And that's, to me, that's, that's really cool. You mentioned having a, a full-time job mm-hmm. and, and, and you mentioned traveling and, and that, that that's kind of been curbed by the current conditions. How does photography and these trips and this exploration, how does that fit into your, the rest of your life? How do you, how do you balance that with, with having a full-time job, um, with family, with, you know, friends and those kinds of things? Um, you know, I mean, um, right now it's particularly challenging because it's photography is pretty much isolated to mornings, evenings and weekends and, and time off, um, which doesn't always go with the weather patterns or the storm cells or whatever else there might be. So, um, but in terms of uh, family and and uh, um, friends and that sort of stuff, I mean, uh, that part always has its own place. And photography is kind of the the thing that kind of keeps me sane within mm-hmm. the rest of life. And so it's that creative uh, adventure for me to to just kind of put everything back in perspective and uh, gets me to wake up in the morning, um, process an image or, um, you know, just keep going. Yeah. Well, I was in a, I was thinking that that's more so than lots of different people that I know. You seem like you have either the ability or just, or, or it's kind of your MO that you just, you kind of, you finish some work, you stop that, and then you're just full tilt towards uh, yeah. photo trips and and photo stuff. And yeah, I think I, I think that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't have a lot of other hobbies at the moment. I've uh, had multiple uh, for quite some time, and they tend to conflict with each other, both financially and time wise, and so. Uh, the last few years have been pretty exclusively photography, but, um, like I said, it feeds my soul. So, uh, that's all it takes. I'm happy with that. No, that makes sense. Well, we were talking about mountain biking at the top of the the top of the show and mountain bikes and all the accessories are ridiculously expensive. Mm, Like, indeed, I, I think as much as I feel like photography gear is ridiculously expensive, I'm slightly grateful that I'm not also into mountain biking right now because I, the, the price of yeah, like for some perspective back when 
when I was riding mountain, you know, when I was mountain biking, it was the top of the line bikes were like two or $3,000. Yeah. And you and yeah. you could buy a decent mid-level, you know, bike for like, you know, four or five, $600. And now, you know, what's considered kind of entry level is well into the, into the thousand dollar, you know, $1,500 range. I'm not entry level, but a, a, a decent good bike that you could ride for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an it's an A seven three is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, that's your entry level mountain bike or or aspiring level mountain bike. I mean, in, all the way up to your GX fifties, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and beyond, and all the uh, associated hardware and lenses that go with it. Yeah, mountain biking's deep, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, the advantage is that uh, that trickle down technology is all mm-hmm. available now. And so it's, it is pretty cool. I, um, my son, unfortunately got my last mountain bike stolen, but, uh, um, insurance kind of covered it. And so I went out and picked up another one and, uh, yeah, they're not cheap. No, no, no. <laughs> well, and th- luckily at this point they're you know, when you say kit, when you're talking about cameras, you're talking about the whole, what you're using. But when you talk about kit, when you're talking about cycling, you're talking about the clothes. And thankfully we don't have kit for, <laughs> in the photography side of things. Uh, <laughs> spandex. Do you uh, have your photography pants on, <laughs> sir? Uh, that doesn't stop some people from wearing fancy photography vests. No, no. Or fedoras. Or fedoras. <laughs> Sorry. Indeed. Indeed. No, it's, I, I think, um, if you're the kind of person who wears a fedora out shooting, I mean, that's okay. Hey, if you can pull it off all the power to you, man. Exactly. I, I look like an idiot with a fedora. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I look like a poser of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, great. That's great. So the, the future of your photography sounds like it's, uh, well, first of all, you're already capturing beautiful images. You're out there finding beautiful locations. And it's great to hear that you are still trying to push yourself with your post-processing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Kind of, um, I've got some new technical gear, namely computer and programs that I've been playing with lately. And just trying to learn more and more about how to leverage those um, and be creative and in, in that sense, um, I don't know where it's going necessarily. I'm just along for the ride and just continue to try and try and learn as much as I can. Um, that's really kind of where it's going. Um, I don't know that landscape is the be all for me though. Uh, mm. you know, I've, I've kind of played around with, uh, um, some some street and some studio um i really enjoy uh shooting people and um just because you get to capture that person and that essence and that's the unique thing and people are just so unique as they are um it might just be the opportunity at some point in time when you know i make a shift or you know include more of that stuff into my into my work. I don't know. No, that makes a lot of sense. So are you, are you still, uh, pursuing the chasing dragons project? 
Um, and yeah, I would, I, I, I want to, yeah. um, it's, it, you know, I started that project with a lot of aspiration, um, and quickly found that a lot of my ideas just didn't work and eventually found some ideas that did work. Um, I love what, what I've done with it so far. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Um, I wasn't as uh disciplined to to do it more often um so now it's just a matter of that opportunity and putting that putting it together and and just to explain a little bit about it it was it was really just taking shots of photographers in their environment and how they were shooting um because that narrative or that story um was less told than a lot and so somehow pulling in the incredible landscape or whatever was shooting the waterfall and the photographer shooting it as well as their images and mm. the story behind it and what got them up in the morning to go do it. So that was kind of the, the, the inspiration for it. Um, I'd like to do more of it. Yeah. I think it's great work and um, I'd like to see more. Okay. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Yeah, it's it's great because there's some mutual friends that you've that you've covered on there, and your own dad, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That was fun. Um, I, it, it, he's uh, he's a fellow photographer, um, and I got to go out and shoot with him this last winter um, out in Montana, which was just amazing. I can't wait to get back out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, get that project going again. All right. I might, I might actually have some content to uh, include you in this. Next there you one. go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not opposed to that. Um, good, good. Just not the picture of me eating oatmeal in the uh, parking lot. No, I've got a couple others. I've got a couple <laughs> others. I, when I, my wife saw that, and she's like, well, "You look really hairy and gross in that picture." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm a few days uh, post shave, and I probably don't smell very good in that picture. Yeah, that was a little, that was a rough morning, but it was a good one. Yeah. Well, I, I still have yet to share anything from the parking lot antics. We were, uh, Oh my God. We had some, uh, some, uh, critters that were hanging around the whole morning, uh, Yes, as well as, uh, a group of younger folks, uh, yes. up there, up there in a, probably like a, a late nineties Mustang convertible Mustang. Yeah, with the top down, it must have been what um, twenty was, thirty degrees. Yeah, I would say it was in the it was in that thirty thirty degree neighborhood. I don't think they were feeling anything though. No, there was some there was some fun sounds in the middle of the night. Uh, yes, yes. lots sure. of hooting and hollering. <laughs> well, good. Well, no, keep that project going. I really like it. I think it's um, it's great because it allows you to flex that portrait um, muscle as well as, uh, yeah. And, and you get to do it in the landscape, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, and I mean, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun with, uh, photographers for sure. I mean, like I see you, you're, you're constantly pulling people in to the image and I'm always in awe with your skill and grace of, of connecting with people out on the trail. So nice. uh, good inspiration. I, I'm basically a people person. So 
yeah that's where that comes from it's 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 i don't wouldn't say it's necessarily a skill it's more like i can't help myself it's kind of (laughs) just like well i'm i'm done taking my pictures now so i'll round up these people that are out here having a good time and take their picture too hey you come here Yeah. yeah exactly yeah cool so who else do you think I should talk to on this, uh, on this podcast? Do you have any thoughts? Hmm. Um, I've got a couple that come to mind right, right away. Um, one of the person that I would suggest you talk to is Candy Watson. She is somebody I shoot with often since I moved to Yakima. Um, she is just really creative in terms of, you know, what, how she captures images and, um, just have had a lot of fun getting to know her. And I think she would be an interesting subject to, to talk with. Um, and can't person- disclosure is that candy and actually, actually came out shooting with us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. One of the yeah. nights when we were out there. So she, she has some photos of the comet that she took alongside us there up by Mount Rainier. Yeah. And yeah. I have to say the, we have posted a very similar photo and hers is better than mine. You know, I find that very true every time I shoot with her, you know, the the color in hers is just so much better than mine. And it, and just, it's It's really well balanced and the color just feels so warm and enticing. Uh, yeah. That's the one thing I am always envious of is her use of color and how she uses it. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other person you might want to talk with is Matt Smith. Okay. Um, he's, uh, I forget who, what his handle is on Instagram, but um, <clears throat> I actually shot with him once a long time ago. He's from the Portland area, um, but he's kind of a lone wolf in the sense that, you know, he, he's, he kind of goes out and finds his own stuff and just beautiful work. Um, really cool guy. Really interesting um, background. And, uh, I think you might find that to be, uh, uh, pretty interesting. Nice. Nice. Well, I'll definitely reach out to them. Uh, I, I don't know that I know Matt's work, so I'll have to, you'll have to send me a link and we'll check it out. I'll do that. Yeah. Good. Well, we have, uh, we're, we're about at the hour mark. So I think I'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll call this one a day, but I just want to say thank you again, not just for talking with me here on the podcast, but also what a, what a gracious host. You did a lot of the driving. You did a lot of the, uh, you came up with a lot of the ideas for where we were going to go. And that trip was one for the books for sure. That's awesome. I mean, you know, anytime, you know, I can, you know, uh, be a tour leader. I'm happy to be. (laughs) There we go. There we go. No, Dan, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And, um, I really appreciate, uh, you, having me on here yeah having a chat that's great hey it's great having friends on here makes it yeah. easy Make, makes it a little easier for me too awesome cool thanks all right man take care thank you so much for spending this time with us if you like what you heard please subscribe share it with your friends and leave a review on apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice also i'm open to suggestions for interesting people to interview so if you know of someone i should talk to please reach out You can reach out to me via the email link in the show notes, or you can send a message on Instagram or Facebook with the handle at GoTakePictures. New episodes are on the way soon, and if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, go take pictures.